uh, I actually did want to bring up my, the youth group. So last year it was weird. We had a bunch of sophomores. So like we had a huge freshman, sophomore kind of group and only like a couple of middle schoolers. And this year it has com- completely like flipped over. We have like little to no high schoolers and all sixth graders. And so the dynamics have changed. Instead of mature kind of questions, the questions are now kind of off the wall. They're transitioning from like the Sunday school mindset with kind of leaving the immaturity and kind of moving into, you know, a new phase. And so the questions are different. The atmosphere is different. And uh, so I thought it'd be great to start a new kind of curriculum. So we moved to Ministry to Youth, which is uh, our new curriculum. And each month it has... Um, a different theme. The theme of September is proof. So the week one is kind of what is proof? Uh, what does it mean to seek proof? When, you, well, when you're seeking proof, when you need something to be proven, you are looking for what is true. And so when we seek the truth, what does that mean? And so we kind of came to the conclusion when we seek truth, we seek God because God is truth. We went over the story of Jesus and Pilate. So uh, Jesus had been taken from place to place, everyone trying to pin down exa- what exactly had Jesus done. Pilate had to talk, there was like an overnight court. Pilate had to talk to a bunch of different people. He heard good things, he heard bad things. So when we seek truth, we are seeking God. That was week one. Week two, we kind of, which is, week two is kind of what I want to focus on this morning. It's what stuck out to me the most is who is our authority? What is an authority and which authorities do we kind of lean into? Week three, what is doubt? How do we handle doubt? And then four, just expounding kind of on all, all three put together. So the main thing is just how do we dig for proof? How do we actually dig for the truth instead of just taking things at face value? So I mentioned earlier I wanted to incorporate a little activity. And uh, so I have a couple of pictures up here. I'm going to show you one at a time. And I want you, I want kind of like a collective head nod. I'm not going to have you scream and yell like the, the youth kids. But I want to know which of these items do you think exist? They're actually true existing items or which ones are like fake. Okay, so the first one, it's like, yeah, it's a pillow, but it's a baguette. It's like a bread, it's a bread pillow. Do, I don't know who needs this in their life. Maybe nobody. I mean, I know I'm cutting bread down, but I don't think I'd replace it with a pillow uh, who, do we think this is a real thing that exists on Amazon for the most part? Okay, next slide. Oh, you got to love this. Great anniversary gift, great wedding gift. I mean, I know I'm getting this for somebody. A little cat with a little tissue holder. <laughs> if this doesn't have Tim Brooks written all over it, I don't know. So what do we think? We think this is like too absurd to be real or absurd enough to be real? <laughs> a skunk, it should be a skunk. We think this is kind of a real thing? All right. I'll tell everyone at the end. Okay. So cars have implemented the Coke holder and the the cup holder in in all their vehicles, but there's not a French fry holder where you can attach, which uh, unfortunately that's not a problem I really have anymore. But back in the day, this would have have come in handy. Do we feel like the French fry holder is an accessory we need or that exists? You can see it, yeah, yeah. You can see it both ways. It's like it's not necessary, but that doesn't mean someone was like, you know, that'd be that'd be kind of good. Yep. <laughs> the next one. All right, there we go. Archie McPhee, hand, handy squirrel, uh, for every occasion. So absurd enough to be real, or too absurd to be real? What are we thinking? I. 
I think if it did exist, I would have gotten it from Tim already. Again. All right, next one. Oh, yeah. Have you ever, like, looked down and, like, maybe you're putting on a couple of pounds and you're like, I, I wonder what it looks like. No, I've never thought that. But if you have, you could buy <laughs> human body fat replica so you could see exactly what you're putting on. Maybe they can pair it up with the French fry holder. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's for science. It, I mean, it's, it's for science. The shipping and handling, you can get different. No, it's one color. Never mind. All right. Next item. Oh, my favorite. It's Potato Pal. All right. So you can get a picture of somebody stamped and printed on a potato, and you can get a whole bag of them. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, you, you can get, you can get a, a, a 16K. You can get a bunch. So what are we thinking? You think this is a real product kind of exists out there? No, no, too absurd. All right. And I think the, the next one is the last one. Oh, yes. The Donald Trump Chia Pet. <laughs> Multi-purpose. Well, you can even get the Abraham Lincoln one or the Barack Obama one, but you know, I, who doesn't want the the awesome golden hair chia pet? All right. So, out, out of all of these, I, I I was a little deceitful. All of these exist. At one point in time, some of them didn't, and they were used for a game. But as of now, every single one of them is found on Amazon, and it's pretty funny how we kind of lean into that. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was funny. I, didn't, I really didn't think the potato pal was real. I, I thought that that just had to be completely fake. And I don't know who's using the squirrel puppet because that's completely useless. But what I, wanted to, what I read to the youth after we kind of played a game like this is Romans 1.25. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. So... They traded the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped created things. And so then we, we started talking about what that meant, like what is authority, and we got proof. We, uh, who is our authority? And we, and we did a huge list of what our young generation thinks their authority comes from. We heard news. We've heard they can get authority from teachers, from doctors. We heard it all, librarians, friends, coaches, and then, and then after a long list of like news politicians, we finally got to TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, because believe it or not, and, and then we broke into a whole conversation of that like most of the kids on Wednesday night, they heard about the Uvalde tragedy, that incident through TikTok. They heard it through social media. A large percent of current events and news are shown through those through those apps and, and those can act easily become their authority on topics, whether it's portrayed accurately or not. And so for a lot of kids, especially the younger generation, the authority has actually become social media or, or just modern, new modern technologies. So the main question I asked them is, is did, was it always like this or is it more modern? And the thing is, no, it's just now because our phones didn't exist back then. This never happened in the past. And so that's when I had to shock, I had to shock them a little bit. So the, the, next, the next couple of slides I'm going to show, I know not many people remember the 1950s, but I, usually when you have a group of middle schoolers, you know, you'll ask them, hey, you ask them a serious question and they'll joke around. So I asked my group, I was like, oh, raise your hand if you think smoking is not bad for you. They were all like, no, it's bad. They all took it seriously. I was shocked. I have a couple of class clowns that like to joke around. Even they were like, no, smoking is bad for you. Okay, perfect. 
Smoking is bad for you. How do we know smoking is bad for us? Who was our authority on that? And so I got doctors, medical professionals. Our parents told us so. You, we've got all that kind of thing. And then the, one of the most important ones is long-term experience, like long-term just results of what it can do and just what it does to the majority of people. And so then I shocked them with these. Gee, Dad, you always buy the best. Little baby on the 1950s Marlboro ad. Then there's another one. Maybe if the baby doesn't get you, the Santa Claus Pall Mall will. Maybe, maybe, maybe babies and Santa don't do it for you, but there, there is, maybe babies and Santa don't, but what if a doctor, more doctors smoke camel than any other cigarette? 1950, so apparent, so we're of the belief that, you know, it's mostly just social media. Well, it's not. It, it, yes, social media has a bunch of different inaccurate and it could be the authority to our young generation. But the truth is we've, we live in a world of sin. We live in a broken world where lies and twisted truths have always existed. Because maybe, like I said, maybe you weren't swayed by the baby. Maybe you weren't swayed by Santa Claus. But definitely if you, if you see ads of a doctor, it's like, oh, well, how bad can it actually be? And sometimes it's not the lies we have to worry about. It's the twisted truths. So if we don't have an objective source of authority will just go with whatever seems right. You know, so we see an ad in the 1950s of more doctors smoke camels. Okay, it's not that bad. I'll, I'll be fine. Long term, who knows? We'll see. But if we do not have an objective source of authority, we'll just go with whatever we want to hear. And it's kind of easy, right? You know, sometimes the truth is, the truth hurts. We've heard that a lot. Sometimes doing what God wants us to do or or living the life God desires for us is harder than just living what we desire for ourselves. So now I kind of want to bring up Matthew 4.1. So this is Jesus, is Jesus is ready. He's grown up. He's ready to begin his mission. But before that, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So, and I love that part. Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted. And one of the common lies I think a lot of Christians believe is, you know, be, if I believe firmly in Jesus and if I participate in our day-to-day, -day, you know, cycle or in our week-to-week -week cycle, I don't have to worry about challenges. I don't have to worry about struggle. Well, that's a lie. That's not true. There's a common, there's a common phrase out there, God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, you're right. There's nothing you can't handle without God, but that doesn't mean you're not going to experience more than you can handle from the world because we don't, we don't live in a world that abides by God's rules. We live in a broken world that's going to throw whatever it can at you, but God's always going to be there with you. So I want to read from 2 Timothy 3.16-17. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. So what this is saying is, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can, you can listen to as your authority. You can listen to human reasoning. You can listen to experience, wisdom, and all things the Bible does encourage. But our main authority shouldn't be 
the things we want to hear shouldn't be the things that sound better. Our main authority should be God's word because God is truth. God's word is truth. That should be our main source of authority. All scripture was made by God for us so that we don't have to walk blindly and we don't have to make our own story. So, because have who's ever been wrong? I, I, again, another question I asked my middle school is, who, who, who's ever been wrong? And they were all like, yeah, we've all been wrong, clearly. So, we, if we've all been wrong, that really means we're not, we shouldn't be the lead authority on anything scripture related. That's not our job. We're not, we were not designed to be the head authority of that. That's what God is for. That's what scripture is for. 2 Timothy 4.3 For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's a big one. Especially, it really does scare me when I'll have my small group discussion during youth and they'll tell me, you know, if, if you don't kind of follow this model, if you don't kind of do this, if you don't kind of give in, or if you don't hide things, or if you don't present yourself in a certain way, you're just rejected. We're in a society now where if you're not with the wavelength, you're just ignored out of it. You're cut completely out of it. You're, kind of, you're threatened. You either fit in with what we need you to be, or you'll never be accepted. But the truth is you'll never truly be accepted. The world and the enemy is always going to want more from you, and there's no fulfillment out of that. That is the truth. And it's hard to see kids struggling with that. It's, it's hard to see the, you know, that they're, they're trying to continuously paint themselves through their own story. They're trying to create their own story through social media, through Instagram, through Snapchat. It, it promotes that. What is your story? We, and so instead of being completely truthful with who we are and our real struggles, we're painting our kind of dream story that we want people to see. And the truth is, we don't have to post stuff to prove stuff. We don't have to prove anything to this world because God has already proven that he's overcome this world. We don't have to be slaves to our own story because sometimes we, we've created this whole story for ourselves. We've lived in it so long that we have become a slave to our own story. Maybe you know someone, or maybe it's even been you, where instead of taking the initiative, or maybe you just don't have the energy, maybe you just don't have just the, what it takes to reach out to someone. So instead of reaching out and checking on someone, you'll paint the story on yourself. Well, maybe it's not me checking on them. Maybe it's people are not checking on me. Because sometimes we like the self-pity. We like the self-pity is like a snuggie for our, our soul. We kind of like to feel sorry for ourselves. So we kind of paint this own story. Maybe it's not me checking in. Maybe they're not checking in on me. And we paint ourselves kind of as the victim. We kind of start telling ourselves lies for so long that our lives, our lies become truths. So in John 8.32, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is talking to the Jewish believers. Then you will know the truth. You can't, do, you can't have the first half without the second half. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You can't be free without knowing the truth. That's not memorizing the truth. That is completely understanding the truth. Jesus is, is telling this to them, and, they're get, and the Jewish people, they're getting offended. 
They're like, what do you mean we will know the truth and the truth will set us free? We're, we've never not been free. We've, we've always been free. We're children of Abraham. They even said it themselves. They said in John 8, 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can, they, how can you say that we shall be set free? Uh, people who were 430 years, for th- 430 years enslaved in Egypt, clearly have not been free. They've been taken over by the Babylonians, the Assyrians. All they have ever known is slavery, but they have painted their own story. They got tired of the truth and the reality of what, of what God has spoken, and they started to paint their own story. Oh, we, we've, we've always been free. What are you talking about? They've lived in their story so long that they have become slaves to it. And sometimes it's not the lies we have to worry about. It's the twisted truths. Even the, when Jesus was being tempted, he wasn't just tempted by lies. He was, the devil was using Bible scriptures. Who's seen that before? You'll see scriptures pulled out of context for both sides, pro-choice, pro-life, one side of the political aisle to the other. You've seen scriptures ripped out of place to justify just about anything. You can probably find stuff. Uh, I, I remember in high school we looked at the KKK website that is still running, and there's even scriptures to support that. Scripture has always been ripped and manipulated for its own purposes. And so the enemy is going to know Scripture just, just as much as, as we do, maybe even more. Because what itching ears want to hear, it's pretty easy. Maybe if you hear in a different context, well, you know what, I kind of see where they're coming from. That sounds better than, than what this does. And isn't that scary that we live in a society that encourages that? It encourages you to create your own story. Well, the truth is that we like to, we don't have to live in a life where we paint that neg- we, where we make our own story and we paint our our lives in a negative light. Who's known someone who who or who maybe is someone who's kind of lived like a negative Nancy kind of lifestyle? You know, like I, I know at, at work, um, or a common phrase is, "Oh, it helps to complain." For a while at work, I was known as the guy, oh, Wesley's the funny guy. He's really good at training, but the only thing is he likes to complain a lot. Now, he, he makes it funny, but he complains a lot. Oh, we're shorthanded, da, 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 da. Well, the truth is it doesn't help to complain. The, I mean, that's something we tell ourselves, right, to justify it. But really what I'm doing when I'm complaining is I'm just keeping that negative energy. I'm not letting go and looking at what God has in store for me. I'm lingering in on what I wish my, my life actually was. I'm kind of lingering in that negativity. And who knows someone, if some, the, odd, the smallest percentage that something could go wrong, and it does go wrong, and someone says, oh, that's the story of my life. Right? Oh, story of my life. Negative. Well, if that's the story of your life, your, your story needs a new editor. Okay? Because it's not helping anything to, to just living in, being a slave to our own story and our own self-pity. You don't have to own the story the world has handed you. You don't have to own that story. You could own what God desires for you through his authority. One of my, one of my favorite you know, worship singers, um, kind of throwing it back a little bit, I, I love Rich Mullins. I, I always grew up with like a lot of his worship songs, but I remember... I would go back and watch his like live performances, 
And he would always minister, through, even in the middle of the song, he would kind of stop and kind of give some scripture of to why he chose to, to write it this way. And one of, the, one of his quotes that I really love is, if you're looking, for, if you're constantly seeking for a religion that makes sense, it, it sounds easy, then Christianity is absolutely not what you're looking for. Because it's, it's not easy and it's not always going to make sense. But if you're looking for a religion that creates life, that creates truth, and that can penetrate all darkness, this is exactly what you're looking for. And that has always kind of stayed with me. Because the truth is we don't have to be stuck in this story that we've created for ourselves. We don't have to prove anything to the world. We don't have to be slaves to anything of this world. Because God has already proven that he's overcome that. And that is such a big picture that we have to start showing our younger generation because, yeah, things weren't perfect in the 1950s. Things weren't perfect in the 70s or 80s, the world, and even in biblical times. There was always been challenging authorities, but none of them will hold up to the truth of God. And if our younger generation doesn't understand that and, and learn that now, then it's going to be a harder battle in the future. Have things always been hard? Absolutely. Has God overcome them? Absolutely. But part of, part of, the, of overcoming those lies and those twisted truths is us as a church coming together, making sure that they know what God desires for them and God's real truth, that we don't have to post stuff to prove stuff and that God's already overcome. We don't have to prove anything to anyone else because God's already proven that he's bigger than that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.